My mic sounds nice, check one. My mic sounds nice, check two. Welcome y'all to the first podcast of hashtag Beyond the Rim, hashtag BTR. And I'm your host, Bethesda, Nesta Dudley, along with my very first guest, co-host, good friend, brother in life, Brad Worth Benton, who's always representing. Brad, how you doing, brother? I'm doing very well, thank you. Brad, I got to tell you, this past season in the Mall Neighborhood Basketball League and around the rim, you were definitely missed. And I can honestly say that nobody missed you more than myself. Well, I appreciate that. And I do, I, I've missed everything about it. And I do feel in my heart that I was missed. And I felt like a big, you know, intricate part of the MNBL. And I, I still, you know, am trying to stay involved, even though I'm. 3,000 miles away. Yes, Brad is on the left coast. Uh, He's out there with his fam. It was a better family situation for Brad to be on the left coast. So, like I said, I miss him. I wish he would come back yesterday. But, you know, Brad takes care of his family. So, um, so that set aside, just want to give a little intro to this Beyond the Rim podcast. Beyond the Rim is not an extension of around the rim so this podcast is not designed to talk about the Malden neighborhood basketball league it's not designed to talk about around the rim hashtag atr because there's a television show about that and we've had this television show for 25 years what beyond the rim is about is to discuss anything and everything under the sun beyond the rim is not going to be a sports podcast however that doesn't mean that we will not talk sports on this podcast. Beyond the Rim is going to be a podcast to talk about anything and everything. So once again, it is not a sports podcast. Now, in today's podcast with my good friend, Brad Worth Benton, we are going to talk about the Mall Neighborhood Basketball League in this past season, 2017 season, as we crowned new champions. We'll talk about Around the Rim. That's going to be the first subject. And then the second subject of this podcast It's going to be the inspiration of me creating a podcast. It's going to be about Colin Kaepernick, the former San Francisco 49ers quarterback. Right now, as we speak, he is unsigned, but that could change by the end of the day. My son Brad's going to talk about that. So, Brad, let's talk about Around the Rim and ATR. The first show, as you've seen, because I streamed it every week, The first show was definitely, definitely a different show. For the first time in 25 years, I did that first show solo, and we chopped it down from one hour to 30 minutes. Yes, I did see that. Of course, I streamed it live as well. While you were on, I was watching it immediately. Uh, It was a different view for me, and, and, you know, you look good up there. I'll give you that. Uh, it, it, it just, yeah, it definitely seemed like a different show and the 30 minute format was, uh, different. I didn't know you were going to close it out that quick. I was left out of the bubble on that one, but you know, I was happy to see the show is continuing on. Well, Brad, we've done this show. Cause as I said, I've gone on the record. Yes. I'm the creator of around the rim, but around the rim is our show, your show and my show. You've been there with me since day one and there have been some season premieres that you were unable to attend, whether you were vacationing or spending some time up in Holderness, New Hampshire, or whether you were mm-hmm. on vacation with your lovely wife and your kids. So we always had a stand-in for you. It was usually Commissioner right. Kemmer's, usually Commissioner Kemmer's and I think he's probably the only stand-in for you, and he did that a couple of times. But that only happened because you and I allowed it. And as I said on the first show, and I went on the record, you can always substitute for Bradworth Benton, but can nobody take the place of Bradworth Benton? Fair enough. So that's why I just, and you know, Big Game James was the one that came with the idea, well, why don't you do this 30-minute uh, show? Because I was concerned, am I going to be able to fill an hour? Because that's going to be one hour of a talking head and how interesting is that going to be after I get past the the business of wrapping up last year's awards in terms of rookie of the year 
three-point contests, all the other awards that come. And Big Game James says, well, you know, why don't you just cut it down to 30 minutes? And I'm like, that's a good idea. It's my show. I can do what I want. Yeah, you can do whatever you choose. <laughs> so big ups to Big James, Big Game James for suggesting a 30-minute show. And Brad, I did something on that first show, the 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 famous goings and tank goings. And that first show, I said, with my right to rescind, I said that the Sonics just tank going. But I also said I did not know the I did not know how good the Sonics were because the Sonics and the Jamboree faced the Lakers team that did not fill the full team. So the Lakers got an incomplete grade. And depending on how the Lakers do when they have a full squad, I'd be able to tell how good the Sonics were. True. So, and I know that you were not at the tryouts and stuff, but you did have some footage of the tryouts. I'm not sure if you had any footage of the Jamboree. So I'm not sure if you agreed or disagreed with my picks on that first show. I... I think I was almost agreeing with you on all, most of it. I don't recall my thoughts on the Sonics. I did say they were a big squad. I did get some footage. I could only go with what I was hearing. I did not get any footage of the Jamboree. I was getting uh, what are you, updates. People were telling me who won, you know, who looked good. So that's basically all I could go with. But I got footage of the tryouts. I did. I gave my thoughts to certain coaches that needed assistance and, you know, they shunned my thoughts, which, you know, killed them. But, you know, we'll talk about that at a later date or on a private phone call. Oh, you know, I mean, uh, you know, yeah, you got me curious, Brad. Will you be talking about the Kings at that point, the defending neighborhood league champs? Yes, the defending neighborhood league champs. I got the footage just to assist them because I'm very close with that organization and I told them who I thought they should pick. And we don't now need to. First, and we don't need to get. In, I didn't mean to cut you off. We don't need to get into any names. So I do want to talk about this, but we don't need to get into any names. No, no, we don't. Um, I will not say names. I will say the first round pick that I asked them that, that they should really pick up. He was gone earlier than you know he should have been gone earlier. And the Kings had what the seventh pick. The Kings, so there was no way they were going to get that kid. Did the Kings come in first place in in 2016? Second. They, okay, they came in second place. Yes, so you are correct. They had the seventh pick. Yes. they. There was no way they were going to get the kid that I really wanted them to. But I said in the second round, you should really look at this kid. And if he's there, you need to grab him. And, he, you know, he was a sophomore. Mm-hmm. And uh, he ended up being a hands-down all-star. Okay. But the Kings passed on him. So, so, so let me get this straight, Brad. And you're on the record. You're saying that you gave the Kings advice to pick up this certain play in the first round, but it was doubtful that he was going to slide to the seventh position. And correct, co- correct. And, and he did not. And he did not. But then you gave the Kings a recommendation to pick up somebody with the 14th pick if he was there. Correct. That person yes. was there on the 14th pick, and. Rodgers and Williams did not pull the trigger? They did not. They opted for a senior over a sophomore. Hmm. How did that work out for them? Poorly. (laughs) (laughs) That player that they picked up, who was a decent player, I'm not going to say he wasn't, he was a good pick. Was that player on on your board? uh, He was not on my board. Okay. He was not on my board for at least another round or two. Okay. Uh, he was a good pickup for them, but not at that pick. He could have been there probably the next round. He ended up averaging under 10. This person that I suggested pick, he averaged around 14 and a half and was an all-star. And two years younger. And two years younger. But you never know. This kid, you know, on a different organization, he might not have panned out as well. You know, he could only be here for one year. He could be playing high school next year. So Rogers and Williams, you know, I trust in their, their beliefs and their thoughts. I would never contradict either one of them. You know, Clifford Williams is a champion of three different organizations. You cannot question him. Which is a mall and neighbor- neighborhood league coaching record. Yep, and Chris Rogers has been there forever. Uh, so he's uh, a former first-round pick himself. So he knows what he's doing. So I will never shun anything that they thought was best for the team. 
I was just my recommendation mm -hmm. from 3,000 miles away over a videotape tryout. Glenn Higgins was also an assistant coach on that team, and Glenn Higgins also could not return. He, he also moved away. He also moved out of the state. But Glenn Higgins was also in contact with the Kings coaching squad, much like yourself. And I have to tell yes. you, Brad, I go to every draft. I've been to every draft and since forever. I think I only missed one draft. Uh, I can't even think of the year right now. But I have to tell you, this is a very different draft for the Kings because Glenn Higgins was always the one that was in charge of keeping track of who got drafted from different teams and so forth. Even given his commentary, whether folks wanted to hear it or not, about picks from other teams. Well, the Kings had a very different draft this year in terms of there was no one really there to keep track of that. So there was a few times that the Kings made some good draft picks, but the only problem was, Brad, they were already drafted a round or two before. <laughs> yeah, I was. I, I got a, quite a few texts from Chris Rogers <laughs> after the draft was over that uh, – Mr. Higgins was all up in his grill texting throughout the draft <laughs> saying, take this one, take that one. Is this one gone? <clears throat> and eventually I guess he shut his phone off, Mr. Rogers, and right. said he doesn't want to hear it no more because uh, Clifford Williams, who took notes during the tryouts, didn't bring his notes to the draft. <laughs> what did he bring to the draft, Brad? If you don't tell the people, I'm going to tell them. What did he bring to the draft? It's your show. I'm letting you do it. <laughs> he didn't bring his notes. He brought his thermos. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. The man was more concerned with his coffee than he was with the copies. Oh, woo, Lord have mercy. Okay, let's so go. So Chris Rogers was, uh, he chicken scratches his own writing, so sometimes he can't even read it. And uh, he's, he knows what he's doing, but he, he, when Coach Higgins isn't with him, he forgets who he was looking at or... I mean, you know... I don't, I don't know what the story was, but he was very discombobulated. Higgins and Rogers, they were a cohesive unit, a cohesive team. So they both have strengths and they both have... We have non-strengths. And their strengths and non-strengths complemented each other. So whereas it was a strength of Coach Higgins to keep track of the draft and to keep track of who got drafted and all that and really trying to make the deals with other teams in terms of bettering the Kings draft position and stuff. Coach Rogers was more of the mastermind at practice, the, 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 the silent implementator, if that's a word, implementator yes. in, in practice. At the games, Coach Higgins would be the more vocal of the two. But again, they've been coaching this team for over 20 years, over 20 years plus. And that's being generous. Yes. So they both had their strengths and non-strengths, and it complemented each other. And I have to tell you, there was only – I miss Brad Worth Benton the most this season. I can honestly say that Coach Chris Rogers missed Glenn Higgins the most this season. <laughs> oh, that's not – without a doubt, I know I can feel that. <laughs> I've heard that from quite a few people. And, uh, you know, Chris Rogers is very good at seeing certain things that Coach Higgins doesn't when it's coming to the drafts. And – Coach Higgins is more along the lines of guys who can shoot the ball better, have a little better stamina. But Coach Rogers has that keen eye that, you know, he can see things that are going down low where everything's more fun. It's more, it's better when you're down low. That's where all the fun happens and the big man stuff steps about from the little man stuff. So he, um, he sees that and he sees the rebounders. He sees the down low scorers, the positionings, the, the low post guys. So that's what worked out better for them. You know, Higgins was more of the perimeter shooter guards and Coach Rogers was more of the power forward centers. So it worked out well. And you figure with Cliff Williams and Chris Rogers, they're going to have to find a common cohesiveness because both of them know the down low position. They're going to have to grab themselves a new coach or someone may have to take a flight out during tryouts this season. And, uh, Come assist them. Not saying who, but you know, but let's get a fun going. Bring Brad to Boston. Had to put a hashtag in front of that brother. Hashtag bring Brad Brad to Boston. 
I'm, First hashtag being sent out will be to the commissioner. I'm certainly in favor of that. And if you want to participate in the hashtag bring Brad to Boston, you can tweet at me, at Nesta Dudley, or you can tweet at Brad with Benton. So at Nesta Dudley, N-E-S-T-E-R-D-U-D-L-E-Y, or at Brad with Benton, B-R-A-D-W-O-R-T-H-B-E-N-T-O-N. I got that right, didn't I, Brad? Nailed it. There you go, baby. <laughs> okay, speaking about a Coach Rogers, let's go on to another Coach Rogers who we kinfolk to Chris Rogers, Coach Gary Rogers. Certainly no stranger to the Mall Neighborhood Basketball League. He went away for a couple of seasons, came back the 2016 season. His his kinfolk, his nephew, Jeremy Rocker, was the coach of the then-defending 2015 champion Sonics. Jeremy Rocker duped Gary into coming back, basically gave the team to Gary and left Gary with a skeleton crew. All his weapons graduated. Didn't have yep. didn't have many picks, didn't have many good picks because Jeremy mortgaged the future for a title. And when you mortgage the future and take the title, then you've done the right thing. Because it's all yes. yes, it's all about the chip. It's all about the title, whether it's jackets or whether it's the bling. You mortgage the future, you get the title, you did your job. Just unfo- yeah. just unfortunately, Gary Rogers got jobbed <laughs> the following season and came back with a skeleton crew. They ended up being one and thirteen. But he told those guys, "Look, I'm firmly in place. I'm definitely coming back. I promise you a guy. I promise you guys." A title. Gary Gary Rogers didn't do that publicly. He told his his players, I promise you guys a title next year. And by golly, Gary Rogers kept that promise. Yeah, that was quite a shock. I, I you know, we can always use that adage uh, that we got from PC, as anyone knows, the Pistons coach, Paul Conrad. Worst to first. Gary Rogers doesn't live by that. The Pistons did with Paul Conrad, but he went from worst to first, and he literally took first place, took took everything, and even one of his guys even won one of the contests. I mean, that's usually what happens anyway when you have a championship team, someone wins a contest, because you have the better players. And he put together a monster squad. I've seen some footage thanks to, you know, certain people posting on the web. We can watch the games which worked out very well in your behalf. I thought everything looked phenomenal, and I thought it was great that I could actually still be part of the MNBL, and anyone else can. You can uh, check out atlive.com. You can check out uh, whatever the MNBL website is this year. <laughs> it's going to change <laughs> again. It was a little rough last year because it was a quick, you know, had to change it because of viruses onto the other page that it used to be on. That I guess that website got attacked by everybody. All their websites got attacked. Wow. Yeah, so we had to jump to another one and just make it real quick and did the best we could. The news was still up there. Um, I want to do a shout out to at Ref Rob Tuttle. He really, he really stepped up his volunteerism game. He, he. He he watches the game of basketball. He likes the game of basketball. He's not a basketball aficionado per se, and he has been helping out us in the cable cast booth for the past several seasons. But in the absence of yourself, there's no one who stepped up bigger than at Ref Rob Tuttle. I lost a crew member. When I mean I lost a crew member, I mean that crew member moved away. That was Waldo Wigglesworth. Waldo Wigglesworth has been to every show. Matter of fact, Waldo Wigglesworth was at one more show than me because at the 50th show, I couldn't make it, and they had the show anyways. So Waldo right. Wigglesworth, you know, they say these things come in three. Bradworth Benton, Glenn Higgins, Waldo Wigglesworth, all moving away. What are the chances? What are the chances these things come And in? I still haven't heard from Waldo. We used to be in touch all the time. He got rid of his Facebook. I take her from Waldo. You know, just going to ask you. I take her from him. Waldo Wigglesworth out there, if you are listening, we miss you. And, you know, tweet at us. You know, you know yeah, how to get do something. You know how we'll to get, get you a Waldo tag. You know how to get in touch with us. You could, you could text us. Or how about this? A lost art, Brad. How about actually calling us? You can call us, Waldo. That is true. He does have both our numbers. <laughs> I think he even has Rep. Rob Tuttle's number. I think he does. I think it does. Maybe so, he was mad that Rob Tuttle stepped up and he felt like he was left out. But you know, who when, knows? But you know, when you move away, you move away. You know, if that's true. Very if, true. 
If I had my but yes, I heard a lot about Rob Tuttle, and thanks to Rob, he was uh, one of the people that actually helped me with the footage from the tryouts. So he he was uh, part of that. So Rob did step up, starting at the tryouts. See what I mean? Stepping up the game. Okay, I just want to. Uh move along with this because as I see we're coming like about 25 minutes in and stuff and I wanted to go uh, only like about 15 minutes but we had so much to talk about with this and I still want to give enough due time to Colin Kaepernick because I got a lot to say about him and I'm sure that you do too so the final four the ones that had gone to the big dance was the Sonics the Bullets day one Steve Wright the Sixers who was a dangerous dangerous team despite their record and the Celtics, who I thought had the best draft and who I went on record saying that they were going to take the whole dog on thing. And yeah. when it was all said and done, when the smoke cleared, it was the Sonics going up against the Bullets and the Sonics became your new MNBL 2017 champions. And at this point on this podcast, you'll notice the team picture of the Sonics. Mm-hmm. Happy, and I do, do go on record. I I said the Bullets versus the Celtics in the championship. I was a little wrong, but I totally agree with you one hundred percent. Celtics had the best draft easily. And going back to that player I mentioned earlier, yes. the Celtics ended up grabbing him in the third round. In the third round, yep, third round. Whoa! So I had him as a top ten player. Wow! So um, so if you had him in the top ten player, and the Celtics got him in the third round, then that means that. There were coaches, including the Celtics, that passed on him twice. Yeah, but the Celtics did, I thought, you know, got the best player in the draft. I thought he was the hands-on best player, but, you know, it is what it is. Seasons went on. The Celtics failed to make the championship, which was surprising to me. Um, I, Like I said, I thought they would face the Bullets because I thought the Bullets coming back with such a strong team and having a good draft pick, you know, mid mid section, I thought they would just win it all. But neither happened, and Gary Rogers kept his promise. Yeah, the Celtics lost to the Bullets in the Madness in that second yep. in that second game, and and that By game one point one, controversial. I heard one point it went down to the wire. So once again, congratulations to the new defending MNBL champions, the 2017 Sonics. So, right now we're going to take a little break, a very brief break, because I'm a little poshed, and I know you're probably poshed too, Brad. I, I, I feel a little poshed. I could use some water. Okay, so we're going to take a little brief break, and when we come back, we come back with Colin Kaepernick. Ugh. I got a lot. I got a lot to say, and based on the sound effect from Brad with Benton, he has something to say, and I'm hoping that Brad has an opposing view of mine. Trust because, me, I'm opposed. Because that's how we are going to learn from each other, and I'll let Brad know just how wrong he is about Count Kaepernick. We'll be I'm right, sure you will. <laughs> we'll be right back after the break. Back after the break. Your host, the Dudster, Nesta Dudley, at Nesta Dudley. This is hashtag Beyond the Rim, hashtag BTR. This is our debut episode. And my good friend, hashtag Bradworth Benton, is the guest. And Brad, we're going to talk about Colin Kaepernick. And before yes. the break, before the break, you said that you know you're going to have an opposing view of mine. And I welcome that. I want to bring it along because you are certainly controversial. You moved out to the left coach, coast. You are a little bit mellow. I love you anyway. I can get you, brother. But I really, really, really love that controversial guy. I'm bringing him back for this segment. <laughs> Colin Kaepernick. This is the person that gave me the inspiration to create this podcast. Uh, Colin Kaepernick last year, quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers. He decided to take a stand against social injustice. And his way of taking a stance was taking a knee taking the knee during the national anthem and boy did social media blow up on all different platforms i have i also have a twitter account i have a facebook account too i prefer twitter 140 characters you're in and out but on the facebook platform the folks who i deem friends 
and you know my friends and stuff I don't know how many friends I have on Facebook but just the range of criticism that Colin Kaepernick got for taking a knee Brad tell me your thoughts about this um, I think he deserved the criticism. Now, I, I've gone on record with you before, and I said, you know, I understood his stance. I knew where he was coming from. I have uh, similar beliefs in what he stood for, but the way he went about it, you know, playing one of America's games, it was a lot of people saw it as he was anti-American. I didn't see it as that. How did you see it, Brad? I saw it as him just being anti-appreciative um, for what he got, for where he got to. Okay, you now, know this. Okay, go okay. ahead. You know what? I didn't mean to interrupt you. I should have brought a pad paper. I I just will say this, and then I'm not going to interrupt you again, or I'm going to try not to interrupt you again. You said of what he got. Now, we said in the first half that nobody has given you, Brad, with betting anything in life. You have earned everything in life. Yes. So... Colin Kaepernick, you know, the NFL did not give him a job in the league. He no, earned. Let me rephrase what, I, that job what I meant when I said I, what he got. Okay. What I meant when I said what he got is his contract. He got a heap load of money to play a sport that he was blessed to play in. He was good enough to get to that stage where millions are not. And I have no problem with that. But when you kind of bring attention to a team in the fashion that he did it, you're kind of, you know, that's where I I differ. I, you know, he got a nice contract. He got a nice, nice uh, future job to financially support himself, his family, his girlfriend, whoever he was with. Um, and he came up from a tough, you know, beginning and I, I looked it up I made you know I didn't want to trash the guy till I knew everything but the way he went about it I just thought was wrong his tactics were at the wrong time if he did it outside of the game during the game if he did it in the locker room or pulled a, pr- a press conference a la you know LeBron I would probably have a lot less problems with it but he did it on the field and you're bringing attention to a team that is struggling, to a franchise that is looking to move forward, and you're just, you know, in a way disgracing the game as well as your team and embarrassing your ownership. The ownership gave you that contract to play the game that they asked you to play in the position that you were qualified for. And I do believe he was qualified. He's a good quarterback. But he uh, he went in a different tactic, and he shouldn't have done it. And that's just my view because I feel he embarrassed his organization and brought unneeded, you know, newsworthy stuff to his squad. And I just think it was not proper. It was un-American to me. And that's just how I feel because I love the game of football. I really, truly love it. As everyone knows, I'm a football, you know, fantasy fanatic. And uh, he's just he just brought a lot of uh, anger to me through what he did. Are you finished? Yeah, you can go. Okay, because I've been sitting on my hands, brother. I know you have. I have to say, I disagree with just about everything that you said, Brad. (laughs) And that's why we are in this format right now. (laughs) You talk about him wrong place and wrong time or not the pretty much or not yeah. the right opportune moment. Well, first of all, who are you or I or anybody to dictate what somebody else think is the right place and right time? You well, that's why I said I thought he did it at the wrong time. Okay. Okay. You also said instead of doing it on the field, why didn't he do it in the locker room or outside of the stadium? Well, he took a knee Basically, for folks out there who don't know why he took this knee, he, or why he was kneeling for the National Anthem, he was kneeling the National Anthem before the games as a protest against police brutality and the mistreatment of minorities. 
in the United States. He took a knee as a peaceful protest for the unarmed persons of color that got shot down by law enforcement. He was not saying that law enforcement is wrong. He's not anti-law enforcement. He wanted to bring attention to the percentage, whether it was big or small, of unarmed persons of color that had got shot down by the police wrongfully, okay? Now, there has been many instances of, of stuff like this that we're talking about, okay? He's not talking about the persons of color that were packing heat and shooting back. No, he's not talking about the persons of color that might have had questionable personalities. No, he was specifically talking about persons of color, unarmed persons of colors getting shot down by police where they're not putting up any resistance. So you also said, Brad, that he 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 embarrassed the, the sport and he embarrassed his team. I'm paraphrasing. I'm not trying to put any words in your mouth. So if I'm misquoting you, you please jump in and say, Nestor, I didn't say that. Okay. But based on this First Amendment rights, and I'm going to read the First Amendment for our viewers out there. First Amendment says, prohibit Congress from making any laws respecting an establishment of religion, impeding the free exercise of religion, abridging the freedom of speech, infringing on the freedom of the press, interfering with the right to peacefully assemble or prohibit the petition for uh, government redress or grievances. So what Colin Kaepernick was doing, that was a peaceful protest. He took a knee peacefully. He wasn't telling people to don't stand for the national anthem. Others joined him as the season went along, but it was a peaceful protest, which is protected under the First Amendment, Brad. Mm-hmm. Thoughts? Uh, again, I'm not against it. I understood what he was saying, but I have one question for you. Okay. What the hell does that have to do with football? You want me to be controversial? Let's hit the button on the head. His platform. He did it during a football game that has nothing to do with football. Well, I understood what he was standing for, but he did it during a football game. This man has enough money through a gracious contract that he could have done his own post-game commercial, whatever. He has not donated one dollar. To any of these families that have been perished or, you know, sadly been taken care, you know, taken out. You know, I got to uh, stop. I got to stop you right there, Brad, because he did put his money where his mouth was. He said that after he, the fact, because people were on him about it. After what fact? After the fact that he got so much controversy, then he thought he thought, oh, I had to do something. Then he started giving money. He didn't give any money beforehand before he made this stance on the field. He didn't donate one dollar. You can look that up. Well, Brad, I have looked that up, and that's what you're wrong, brother. If wrong? you okay, where did he wrong. Do? If you go to his website, Kaepernick7.com, and that's the number of stubber, Kaepernick7.com, you can read about what he's done and when he has done it. And again, putting his money where his mouth is. And and irregardless of he if he did not do anything before he took a knee. He certainly did something after he took a knee. One million dollars of his own money. Now, Brad, there's a lot of things that you and I can do with one million dollars. There's a lot of things that you and I can do with a hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> oh, that's, that's a lot of buffet visits. <laughs> I'll tell you, but one million dollars. So I'm not going to read all over his website and stuff, but just Colin Kaepernick excuse me, Kaepernick7.com and his website. It gives the months that he has uh, made donations and it's going uh, to give you up-to-date stuff of, of his um, philanthropy. So, um, Yes, no, I, 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 I've heard he's done that. Uh, he's, uh, he donated 100K for 10 months. I, rem- I have, you know, I know a little history on it. He's right. donated to the Senator, the Center for Reproductive Rights in New York. Mm-hmm. He's done some stuff out here in L.A. Mm-hmm with the Chirler Foundation. 
And he's just, you know, I know what he's, he's done, but to me, I just thought it was the wrong place. And that's just my opinion. You have yours. A lot of people have theirs. There's a lot of people angry, and there's a lot of people on his side. Like I said, he, he I don't think he's a bad person. I don't think he's uh, not worthy of the position he's in in the NFL. But I just, like, like I said, wrong place, wrong time. And that's what really stirred me up, and I didn't like it. Because you were lucky enough to, you know, skilled enough and lucky at the same point to get to where you're at today and have the money that you have today. Right. But long before he was a professional athlete, he was a human being with opinions. Yes. Right. Like we all are. Like we all are. Like we all are. And I got to tell you, there's one thing I want to make abundantly clear. I actually had a conversation with somebody last night I was at a um, social gathering last night and I was letting them know about this first podcast tonight and about Colin Kaepernick and this particular person was pro what Colin did but this particular person said the one thing that he didn't like was Colin taking a knee was disrespectful to the flag and to the military and then I said aha what you don't know and what people don't want to talk about is that the first couple of games that Colin Kaepernick sat, and these are preseason games, Brad, as the backup mm-hmm. as the backup quarterback before the game, and no one would have ever known. You know how television worked, Brad. No one would have yes. ever known that Colin Kaepernick was not standing for the national anthem if the person who was in master control did not tell camera so-and-so, hey, get a shot of Colin Kaepernick. Why is he not standing for the National no, anthem. if anyone did their research, they would have known he never got off the bench. Yep, he never got off the bench, okay? But what Colin Kaepernick did, hearing people say, well, disrespectful to the military, disrespectful to the flag, Colin Kaepernick went to the military, and he said, this is the message I'm trying to get across. And I want to be as respectful as possible. Can you recommend or suggest to me a respectful way of doing this? So the military told him, you know, we understand your rights. We would deem it respectful if you took a knee. If you take one knee, we're cool with that. You sit on the bench, we're not so cool with that. From that point mm-hmm. forth, he took a knee. So that's one thing I wanted to get out. Now, another thing I wanted to get out, Brad, is when this first happened, and we know the NFL is the no-fun league, and we know Roger Goodell likes to uh, come down and make rules, whether it's against particular players or a particular franchise or franchises. Yeah. So I figured, well, the NFL is just going to put in a rule that if you don't stand for the national anthem, you're going to be fine. You're going to be blah, 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 blah. Now, the NBA, Brad, I don't know if you know this, Brad, but the NBA does have such a rule already that you have to stand for the national anthem. Or else there's fines. Yeah, I actually heard that over the past season. There's fines, there's consequences. There's, but there's an existing rule, which is why... You didn't see any NFL players take a knee during the national anthem, okay? Now, I thought that the NFL would do the same. But what I posted on my Twitter page, Brad, back in September 15th of 2016, I don't know if you read this post. And the reason why I don't know if you read this post is because you didn't make a comment. You didn't like it. You didn't dislike it. You didn't say, bah, humbug. You didn't say anything. So I don't know if you actually saw this post. But I'm going to read this post again. I got it pulled up. As reported by Stephen A. Smith on First Take, until 20-09, no NFL player stood for the national anthem because players stayed in the locker room until the anthem was played. The players were moved to the field for the anthem because it was seen as a marketing strategy to make the players look more patriotic. The U.S. Department of Defense paid the NFL $5.4 million between 2011 and 2014, and the National Guard paid the NFL $6.7 million between 2013 and 2015 to stage on-field patriotic ceremonies as part of the military recruitment budget line items. That's what Stephen A. reported, and then I concluded, Brad, by saying even I had no idea that this was a part of the script. Hashtag scripted. Hashtag pay patriotism. In a future show, we're going to talk about hashtag scripted and all that. But I posted that last year, Brad, and I don't know if you saw that post last year. Huh. 
Hashtag new to me. Okay, so you did not see that post last year. Did not. So based on that, Brad, which is why the NFL didn't come down and say with a rule that he had to, or, you know, players have to um, uh, stand for the national anthem. Because this is, like I said, hashtag paid patriotism. So I don't know if that changes your view, but it makes you... I'm assuming it makes you think because you said you did not know that. It makes me go back to Arsenio Hall and go, hmm. Yeah, no, it, it, my view is staying the same. I'm not going to back down from that. Um, what I would have been okay with is if he stayed in the locker room till the anthem was over. But if you stay in the locker room, Brad, right, then you're not bringing any attention to it, right? If his protest was to bring attention, to get the conversation going, and the conversation, you have to admit, Brad, the conversation was going. Whether or not you agreed with his method, the conversation, you know, was going, you know. You it know, brought relevance to the 49ers that year. Excuse me? It brought relevance to the 49ers that year. Yeah, and that's a uh, sad franchise that did that to themselves because they ran Harbaugh out of town. Yeah. They didn't want to win anymore. They ran him out of town. They brought in the guy. They go to the Super Bowl with Colin Kaepernick as the quarterback, replacing Alex Smith. They lose the Hall Bowl to the Baltimore Ravens. And I got to tell you, Joe Flacco was balling that season. And I thought Baltimore was going to win it anyway. So regardless. You know, so, but then they got rid of Harbaugh and they've been in the toilet ever since, Brad. Yeah. And I think they're going to turn it around this year. They had some amazing draft picks this year. They got purely lucky in that draft. Hopefully within two, three years, they'll be a good franchise again. Again, I'm not a fan of the 49ers. I still I still despise them since the Dwight Clark catch many years ago. <laughs> That's right, because uh, don't nobody like them Cowboys like you, Brad. <laughs> no. Well, there is my, my boy Trey Guns, Trey Newland out there in Walden. Well, now Saugus. Oh, actually, no, didn't he just move again? I think he's out in Lynn now. He, he doesn't move far. And congrats to him on his new baby upcoming soon. Um, Congratulations. Yeah, he's uh, he's on his way. So, I, I yeah, I just, you know, me and the 49ers, we have a history of hatred. So I'll leave it at that. <laughs> that's not what this podcast is about. So, so, Brad, that's what Colin Kaepernick did last year. And we can go on and debate forever about this, about this you know um you know i'm not going to change your mind you're not going to change my mind but i am going to tell you that you're wrong yes. <laughs> and i'll tell you you have your opinion i would strictly re- uh, agree with that and then i'll say ah you're full of bull. but that's okay now let's um, now let's fast forward to the present day brad because i just wanted to give that because that was the my inspiration of want to do a podcast so now we go to present day colin kaepernick present day yes present day colin kaepernick who was seen by the by the Seattle Seahawks, uh, and I don't know if you know this, Brad, but um, as I was doing my research today to have this first podcast, because I know you're doing your research on your own, and you're a very sharp person, but you're not going to get one over on me or my podcast or my debut podcast, brother. Maybe podcast number two, but not number one. Okay. So, <laughs> so on social media, I don't know if you knew this, but last night or maybe not last night, but sometime within the past 12 hours. Spike Lee of Do The Right Thing fame, the Spike Lee, Spike Lee, Spike Lee Instagram. Now, both you and I do not have Instagram accounts. I, I personally don't have any need for it. I don't think you do either. But he, Instagram, congratulations to Colin Kaepernick and big ups to the Seattle Seahawks for signing Colin Kaepernick. Then he immediately, well, I don't know how immediate it was, but then he took that post down. So that, so I don't know. I don't know if he posted something premature. I don't know if it was a dream sequence. All I do know is that he posted it on Instagram and took it down. I don't know what that means, Brad. Uh, he, he posted prematurely. It has not happened because the Seattle Seahawks have brought in two other quarterbacks to look at. And I did see the post of the Spike Lee congratulatory, whatever you want to call it. Uh, he posting that the t- you know the signing has happened and it has not happened. It, it there is no financial handover to anything. And you know the whole thing with Colin is 
the Seahawks could benefit from having a good quarterback as their backup. As the I backup. I mean, how often, how often will, you know, Wilson get hurt? He, he's proven to be very durable. He's going to be expensive, but he's he's not going to be as expensive because even if the Seahawks sign him, from my understanding, it's going to be less than a million dollars. It's going to be like a 980K. You're talking about Colin Kaepernick. Colin Kaepernick, right, yes. Right. Oh, and by the way, Brad, um, I don't know if you know this. And I didn't mean to cut you off. I don't know if you know this, but but Colin Kaepernick went on the record. First of all, he opted out of his 49ers contract. But Colin yes. Kaepernick went on the record saying that um, this year and for seasons fourth that he will stand for the national anthem. Yeah, I did. I heard that too. Yeah. Right. So. Well, you know, his controversy is over and he knows it hurt him in the long run because he thought the whole time now that he brought all this controversy to his organization that they were never going to give him the top spot back anyway so he thought he was done for anyway to get out of there and you know maybe his decision to now stand from now on is to not bring any more controversy to his new team that he's going to go to and he will get signed eventually maybe not this year but he will get signed you never know uh, well, yes, you never know. I'm just not sure about this, Brad, because let's call a spade a spade, okay? You know, first of all, I think that, you know, what kind of a world that we live in when Nestor Dudley and Bradworth Benton switch roles, okay? Nestor Dudley is the controversial one, and Bradworth Benton is uh, the cobbler of the two. I never thought I would see this. Yeah, but, no, it, it's definitely a switch, but, <laughs> you know, I can, I can always bring it back. It's just I'm trying to stay level on this because... Uh, a lot of people out there, there's still a lot of racism out there. And I personally, since as far back as I can remember, I've never been a racist. I will never be. Um, there's not a bone in my body that says anything about racism, nor would I contribute to anything that is related to it. But there's people out there that are just going to say, and this is what I heard in the beginning, that Colin Kaepernick was mad because he's partially black. He's not even a full African-American, however you want to term it this year. You know, I don't want to offend nobody. He's biracial. He's biracial. And um, he's, uh, everyone was saying he was mad because a white quarterback took his starting position. Well, well uh, it was his position in the beginning. He lost it. Well, and, but that, a lot of people were saying that was the fact that he was mad. I don't know anything about that, so um, so I have no comment on that. However, I do have a comment that you know that quarterback was Blaine Gabbert and Chris yes. Chris Carter, NFL Hall of Famer, went on the record two years ago, two years ago, and said, and I quote, "Blaine Gabbert stinks," and he does, Brad, he does. So, a couple of weeks ago, I you know at the gym again. This we talk sports at the gym and politics and all this stuff at the gym, right? Uh, first of all, I forgot to tell you, Brad, and I wanted to put this on the record, that during last season, what I wanted to do, I wanted to buy a Colin Kaepernick jersey. First of all, Brad, you know me, and you know that I'm too vain to buy a jersey with someone else's name on the back of the jersey. That's the only thing we agree with, because I don't do this. I do the same. I will never buy anyone's name on a jersey. The only time I was going to buy one, Brad, and uh, you were with me. It was uh, Super Bowl... Uh, 20 odd seven. I forget what number Super Bowl it was when the Patriots were going for perfection. And if, yes. the, if the Patriots pulled it out, Brad, the next day I was buying a 81 shirt boss and I was going to sport it proudly if they had pulled it out. So I would have bought one back at 20 odd seven had they sealed the deal, but they did not seal the deal. They went 18 and one. And that one was the worst one to have, which was and the, which was the last me, one. Because I had I had a couple ones in favor of me, <laughs> saying two hundred bills on my way, and it didn't happen. And and that was the last one. But and so I bring that up to say that last season, this is what I was going to do. I toyed with the idea of doing this. I obviously didn't do it, but I was going to buy a Colin Kaepernick jersey and wear it to the yes. gym because everybody at the gym was vilifying this guy. He's not a patron. He's not this. He's not that. He should be lucky. He's there. Blah, 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 blah. Not knowing the facts. And then when I told them, do you know that he did this? Do you know that he do that? Oh, I didn't know that. Well, do you know why he's taking a knee? Yeah, he's taking a knee because of this. No, he's taking a knee because of that. I was going to buy a Colin Kaepernick shirt, Brad, jersey, and I was going to wear it to the gym and 
in between sets, I was going to take a knee. No, oh, jeez. <laughs> and Brad, you know I would have done that. Yeah, I know. Bring controversy <laughs> to yourself at the gym. There you go. <laughs> but I did not do that. Now, a couple of weeks ago, I was in conversation with the at, folks at the gym, always talking about football. That's the sport we talk about the most at the gym is football. Yes. And, you know, Colin Kaepernick to this moment, Brad, to the best of our knowledge, still has not been signed for a team. And, you know, the he's been blackballed, Brad, okay? The NFL's owners, old boys club, and he has been blackballed. Because, Brad, out of 32 teams and two quarterbacks on a team, well, we know there's more than two quarterbacks on a team, but let's keep the numbers real simple. So yeah. 32 teams, two quarterbacks on a team, that's 64 quarterbacks, Brad. Brad, you mm-hmm. cannot tell me that – Colin Kaepernick is the 65th best quarterback in the NFL. You cannot tell me that there's 64 quarterbacks that's better than the Colin Kaepernick, Brad. No, I've already gone on record 20 minutes ago saying he's worthy of a position. So what I did, I sent a text to a couple of the gym folks. And did it, you know Blaine Gabbard's still on the team? Blaine Gabbard uh, uh, got signed by the Cardinals. Yes, he did. Got just signed. Saying, I just wanted to let that out there. Got <laughs> got signed by the Blaine Gabbard, who stinks. Blaine Gabbard, <laughs> who was the worst. Let me say this again, Brad. Blaine Gabbard, who was the worst quarterback in the league last year, signed with the Arizona Cardinals. But yes. Colin Kaepernick, who took his team to the Super Bowl, take got a job as we speak. But this text that I sent to Jim folks, Brad, it was about... Colin Kaepernick and RG3. We're not even going to get into RG3 because you and I may or may not have opposing views about RG3. That could be a different podcast. But yes. what I but what I did, I text teams that Kaepernick could be a backup on and teams that Kaepernick could start on. So I'm going to read you a list of teams. And there's one team that Kaepernick can't be on at all. And I'm going to read this list to you right now, Brad. Pay attention. I'm going to start with the teams that he could be back up on. This list was made before the draft. I have to, before the draft this year. So I have to um, put that on the record. Mm -hmm. The teams that Colin Kaepernick could be a backup on, the Colts, the Redskins, Bengals, Buccaneers, Cardinals, Chargers, Cowboys, Falcons, Giants, Lions, Packers, Panthers, Raiders, Ravens, Saints, Seahawks, Steelers, the teams that Colin Kaepernick could start for. Again, this list before the draft. Mm-hmm. 49ers, Bears, Bills, Broncos, Browns, Chiefs, Dolphins, Eagles, Jaguars, Jets, Rams, Texans, Titans, Vikings. The only team that Colin Kaepernick could not be on other New England Patriots. Why? Because the New England Patriots has the best quarterback that ever lived, TB12. Do you agree with that, Brad? 100%. And they also have the heir apparent in Jimmy Garoppolo. So yep. Colin Kaepernick could not be a backup on the New England Patriots. And they also have Jacoby Brissett as their third quarterback. Right. So there's no way. So the New England Patriots... My opinion is the only team that Colin Kaepernick could not be on. But, Mm -hmm. Brad, there are a lot of bums quarterback in the NFL. uh, There are a lot of bums. I do have one discrepancy. I don't think he could start on the Chiefs. But everything else, I I agree with you on that. I mean, the, the Browns, oh, my God, could they use him. It's so Are funny. Are you kidding me? It's so funny that you said Chiefs because Brad, who's the starting quarterbacks for the Kansas City Chiefs? Alex Smith. Yes, and who did Colin Kaepernick take the starting quarterback from? Job from Alex the... Smith. Okay, continue, Brad. <laughs> I just think Alex Smith is the, the perfect fit for the Chiefs. <laughs> I don't think Colin's uh, attributes as a quarterback would help the Chiefs. I think Alex is the perfect spot, and he's been blowing it up ever since he's been a Chief. You got the numbers don't lie. Right. But anyway. Um, I totally agree. I think the Bears, the Browns, oh, my God, the Jets. How could they not even look at this guy? That's just silly. Maybe they're afraid of bringing, you know, that, oh, my God, they signed Colin. Oh, my God, 
they're anti-American too. And I think that's what a lot of teams are thinking in their head because you know there is some prejudice in this world still, and some of these owners are old school. They could be still on that path. We don't know for sure, and I'm not saying they are. I'm just making mention that it could be because there are a lot of old, ancient you know, owners out there who still believe in the past, and they don't want anything to do with that type of controversy in their organization. So that being said, that's why I think a lot of teams aren't looking at him, even though they could absolutely positively use him. There's, I'm pro, I totally agree with every team you mentioned that he should be starting for. You do? I do. Thank you very much, Brad. Because when I sent this text to the folks at the gym, I actually sent it to, to two people at the gym. And, you know, there's a bunch of us that we do like a group text and stuff. But based on that conversation that I had at a particular time, I sent it to Matt and to Andrea. Not that Andrea, but I sent it yes. to Matt and to yeah, Andrea. Yeah, I, I don't see you sending the text to that Andrea for a long time. Not about football. And, no. And Matt said, you know, <laughs> Nesta, you're very good at saying who's going to the Super Bowl and the script and all that stuff, but you know nothing about starting quarterbacks in the NFL. And I said, Matthew D., you are wrong. Because, Brad, those teams, and I'm assuming that I said that he could start on, I'm assuming that you agree with me that them quarterbacks are bums. Most of them. Now, with the Broncos, um, who's that dude? As far as not bums go concerned, I'm I'm thinking that they're not bums. They got to that position for a reason, but... Brad, 49ers. Brad, 49ers. Whoever they got is going to be a bum. The Bears. Oh, he's going to be a bum. But I'm, I'm saying not all of them are bums. I'm just thinking Collins better. Okay, well... Okay, you know what? I accept that. I'll go along with that. I'll go along with that. I think uh, my only question is: Did you say the the Vikings? I said the Vikings. Our team, he could be a starter. Yes, because first of all, one a of the healthy mo- Teddy Teddy Bridgewater is not as good as Colin. I'm just asking. Oh, okay. I thought you were going to go with uh, Sam Bradford or Sam Badford. That guy. Oh, hell no. Okay, good, because that guy gets a pass, Brad. He gets a pass. No, I'm saying a healthy Teddy Bridge. Would you put Colin over him? I would put Colin over healthy Teddy Bridge, and you know why? Because Teddy Bridge has not shown the ability thus far of stretching the field. Okay. I just wanted to ask that question. I wasn't sure if he was in the teams of can start or can back up. Okay. Yeah, the Vikings, he can start. So yeah, over Sam Bradford, okay. I wouldn't even blink. Okay, good. Okay, good. good. Yeah, everything else I agree. Okay, good. Well, you know that's um, you know I actually thought you were gonna give me some pushback on this list, but you know, no, no. I mean, like I said, I'm a fantasy football fanatic, and it happened to be that Sam Bradford was one of those jerks <laughs> that put up an eight spot when I passed on the Jets that week when I needed a backup quarterback. <laughs> and I said, who do I got, either Fitzpatrick or Bradford? And I said, oh, Bradford has a better matchup. Let me take him. He got me eight. Fitzpatrick, 27. And I passed. <laughs> Brad, let me tell you a story about fantasy football, okay? A few years ago, uh, that big red jerk that I call him in uh, Cincinnati, that big red jerk, Eddie Dalton, one year, yes. one year, Andy Dalton was on my bench, and RG3 was my quarterback, okay? This was RG3's, I think, like, second year. Yeah, yeah, it was the second year. Certainly wasn't his rookie year. Tried to get him his rookie year. His rookie year, he, he, he put up numbers. He was offensive rookie of the year. Did not get him rookie year. Yes. However, I got him the second year. He was my starter, and that big red jerk, Andy Dalton. Was. So, I, so I played RG3, who did not have a good fantasy year, and, and Dalton was getting really, really good points. So the skins were on break. So I put in Andy Dalton, that big red jerk. That big red jerk got me negative two points. You heard me right, Brad. Brad, you heard me right. Negative two points. I could have put in RG3, who didn't play, who was on the bench, got zero points, and out of the two more points, then that big red jerk got me. And you know what I I did, Brad? Dropped him. You got that right, buddy. I dropped him. (laughs) Here's my game of life preserver. Put him back in the pool. Haven't picked that big red jerk since. So I feel you when you have these fantasy quarterbacks that just, I mean, how can you not? Eight points is one thing, but negative two, negative two, Brad. (laughs) Yeah. And I needed it to catapult me up in the first place in the league that we were in. And I lost and I dropped all the way down to fourth. (laughs) 
I barely got into the playoffs and luckily made it to the final, but lost. Because David Johnson got hurt. Right. But, you know, again, I'll, you know, back to what we weren't supposed to talk about. Back to Colin Kaepernick. Right. Did you know, with all your research, that him and me share a birthday? No, I did not. <laughs> November 3rd. Oh, my God. I, yeah, I did my research and I saw it and I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. <laughs> November 3rd. I also share a birthday with a former NFL quarterback. V.Y. Vince Young, May 18th. I am? Yes. Did not know that. And do you know who else I share May 18th birthdays with, Brad? Um, Zdeno Chara. Um, I can't speak to that. (laughs) But I can speak to Mr. October, Reggie Jackson. Reggie Jackson, really? And, um... Someone I share a birthday with two people that you know. One passed some months ago, and one is still with us. Really? Yes. And both of them are professional wrestlers. The oh. late, the late Superfly Jimmy Snooker is May eighteenth. Oh. And, and I know Jimmy very well. We're friends. I didn't know that. Right. And Brad, your favorite wrestler on the independent scene. Trey, the smooth operating gangster, TSOG, too damn smooth to lose. Oh, I thought he was January 1st. I thought he was just a newborn, <laughs> as smooth as he was. Well, I did not know that. Yeah, those. Do folks. you know you also share a birthday with a Saturday Night Live alum superstar? Who? Tina Fey. Tina Fey. Tina Fey is May 18th. Did not know that. Yeah. Did not know that. Figured I'd let you know that. And the Prince of Novgorod, Constantine. Did not, that is a, also a May 18th person. Did not know that. Yeah, I don't think anyone knew that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even Konstarov knows that. <clears throat> well, yeah, I just I, I knew Tina Fey was May 18th, and I always wanted to bring it up to you, and I forgot. Oh. Well, now you brought it up to me, and you know what is on the record. And speak, yep. and speak about on the record, Brad, I would like you to tweet out, put on the record, like you tweet out that you was on this podcast today as we come down to our close of this podcast. Brad, I appreciate you. You know I love you, and it's good to hear your voice again, brother. You're damn right. I'm going to tweet this out right now, and uh, I got nothing but love for you as well, and, you know, hope to hear from you shortly as always, and we'll continue on in our path wherever it may meet again. And like I said, let's hashtag bring Brad to Boston. Hashtag bring Brad to Boston. You could tweet at Nesta Dudley or tweet at Brad with Benton. Hashtag Any bring donation will help. If, you know, get $5 from everybody, that'll get me to Boston. And when would we like to bring Brad to Boston, Brad? Uh, we're looking at the, probably the second weekend of December, maybe. Okay. Something along that line. So we have time. Plenty of time. We do. We have hashtag plenty of time before i end this podcast i just want to give a shout out brad and then i'll turn it over to you if you have any shout outs i definitely want to give a shout out brad to a good friend of ours tc rostani he has been the biggest supporter of me getting this podcast off he had me a guest on his podcast a couple of months ago pumping up this podcast so tc rostani and the after hours crew and you know brad they never close. So shout out to TC Vistani and the After Hours crew. Do you have any shout outs you want to give, Brad, before we get out of I here? do. I have a shout I have two, actually, and uh, two very instrumental people in my, uh, let's see, television upbringing and knowledge and birth. Uh, P. Diddy out of Melrose. You, you know who he is. Yes, I do. I want to uh, mention him. He had a lot to do with my learning how to edit footage and a lot of assistance and I definitely want to um, shout out to someone huge in you know my life that was very uh, not no not the word controversial why am I thinking controversial very instrumental in my uh, knowledge of television and that's you me you I get a shout out <laughs> uh, without me being involved with you and around the rim and all these years making me feel like part of the family because you are family feeling, Brad you are family feeling wanted that that was bigger to me than anything else and you teaching me certain things about you know certain lighting whether you made fun of me or not <laughs> and and certain things that we did together you actually 
taught me a lot more than a lot of other people did. Some people did contribute, but thanks to you, it's showing me the lightings and the certain stuff that I needed to learn, the extra stuff, and helping me edit as well when I was first learning. You know, I want to give a shout out to you, and you deserved it. And I hope this podcast uh, excels you into a different era into your life, and maybe it can take off, and you can move to California, and we'll do a live podcast via television. I don't know about moving to California, but I would definitely go out there and visit you any day of the week. Well, there's no snow out here, just for the record, so you don't have to worry about driving in it. And you can turn on any red light. <laughs> so, it's just that you're going to have to pay like five bucks for a gallon of milk and uh, $20 for a pizza. And I got to pay a dime for every uh, bag that I want to carry groceries in. I have 15 bags. I will gladly give you eight. Oh, there you go. <laughs> That's more than half. <laughs> yeah, it is. I'll give you one extra because I only use three. <laughs> Once again, thank you, Bradworth Benton. Tweet at him at Bradworth Benton. Hashtag bring Brad to Boston. You can tweet at me, Nesta Dudley, at Nesta Dudley. If there's anything that you want to have on a possible future podcast of this, you can email me. Dudley ATR at AOL.com. Once again, that's Dudley ATR at AOL.com. If you want to find out more about the Marlin Neighborhood Defending Champs, the the Sonics, you can go to the website, ATRLive.com. This podcast will live on the YouTube platform, which will also link up on that ATRLive.com website. For Bradworth Benson, I'm Nesta Dudley saying buenas noches, hooches, cooches. I came in peace. I leave with love. This is for the red, the black, and the green. Y'all know what I mean.